with the School for the Blind. If you can, open up your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 5. And so what we're going to be doing today, and what you're getting in your hands are the, are, is a bulletin, so we get this every week. Hopefully you're reading it. Okay, please read this. Now, if you don't get one, you can always download one on our website, and uh, that's metroeastministries.com. And so then you can kind of see what's going on. Before we continue, I'm going to kind of go over this real quickly. And we can go. Now, something new. On the right-hand column, you'll see a whole listing of life stage events. We have different events by different life stage. For kids, we have things going on, families with kids. Uh, Kids can go from zero to second grade, second to middle school. We have the people who are uh, coordinating those calendars there on the right. We like for every life stage to have two, two um, parents leading these things. So you'll see that there's a name and then there's a TBA. Now, if you would like to help out, we really would love for you to kind of assist or work with uh, one of these uh, couples leading these charges. So then we have the teens. We'll have older teens. We're also looking for a middle school, uh, a couple of couples who will help us pull together our middle school calendar. And we have the mature and empty nesters, and um, so and, and, and the Morrises and the O'Briens are coordinating that. You'll see their calendar events. We also have our singles ministry, and then we have what I call kids-free marrieds. All right, sound good? And so that, that's what we put there. Now, on the other side, we have our calendar even for our Spanish ministry because they're congregational events for the Spanish ministry, and you have some special occasions being celebrated soon. All right, sound good? Yes, Dave. Sure. Um, I'm going to have Dave Morris make an announcement before we uh, focus on our Lord's Supper. Thank you. Thanks for the ad lib there. Uh, sorry. Okay, so Glenn and Renee are moving. The truck is going to be there Tuesday night. The truck needs a couple of things. People will help load it. And people will help plan out what goes in the truck and how it goes in there. So there's a role for just about anybody. But Glenn and Renee need your help Tuesday night to help that move go successfully. I'm asking you to take down Glenn's phone number. It's 310 number, 310-889-8373. 310-889-8373. We'll need help between 5 o'clock and 8 o'clock p.m. Tuesday night. Please get in touch with them and help them make this move successful. Thank you. Cool. So now, there, there, now I have a goal for you this morning. Okay, would you would you like to hear what that is? Okay, it's, it's very simple. I hope, I hope, I really, it's my sincere desire, it's my sincere hope, sincere hope that you make this service awesome. Yeah, wait a second. We do? Yeah, I hope you do. You go, wait a second. I thought I come here and the music makes it awesome. And and that was pretty awesome singing today, right? Um, Who knew? James Crumple, he could just kind of throw it down right there. You know, you look at him. He looks like, hey, I work at IBM. And then he goes and he starts rapping. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? I was like, where's that noise come from? Who's that? And then there's James like going at it. Um, You go, who knew? Who knew? Great James Crumpler, man of many, many talents. 
So I hope you got into that. You go, well, I thought that was supposed to encourage me. You go, yeah, I think so. Well, wait, Dave, aren't you supposed to help me make this a great time? I go, yeah, sometimes I'm supposed to, but guess what? Christians are rare people. People of faith are just a little bit different. I hope you understand that. You see, sometimes people of faith, they can find significant things in everyday matters. Did you know that that's what people of faith do? Now, I want you to understand, because actually, if you even think about this time of the year, sometimes when I'm putting together a sermon, I go, hey, what's special about this week? And I want to tell you, this week really has very little special. Just want to tell you. Now, someone's spiritual birthday is this week, and there's someone's physical birthday this week, so that you're special. You know? But when you think of the grand scheme of things, the first week in October, nothing really is going on. Now, you know, June through August, that's summer, so that's always nice for the kids, right? September, it's the beginning of the school year, so you kind of kind of really have your hopes up high, right? You're getting all the new clothes, and you're, you're buying all the new gadgets and stuff. You go, wow, everything's clean. You have all these goals in your mind of who you're going to be. But when it comes around the first week of October, it's all kind of uh, unraveling. You're feeling like, man, my first midterms are coming up. It doesn't feel special. If you go to sports... We're gearing up for the World Series, but, you know, that's not until the end of October. The end of October, we're going to have, what, the fall festival, and the rest of the community gets in, in excited about Halloween, and people get excited about Halloween because Halloween leads to the holiday season. But this is the first week of October. What's special about that? This could be your chance, though. This could be your chance to make it special. Because, see, Christians are rare people. I want you to understand that. People of faith can take everyday moments and find significance. You know those types of people, right? You know, they're, they're like the nature lover Christians. Have, have you ever been with those people? You see, I'm not particularly nature. They, when I was a young Christian, people would take me to the heights and they'd go, hey, let's look at the vista and see how amazing God is. And they'd be praising God, tears streaming down their face. But see, I'm afraid of heights. So all I could do is just kind of close my eyes when I pray. The nature Christians, they go, let's go to the ocean and go, well, look how fast, you know, God, amazing you are. The, uh, see, I didn't learn how to swim until I was 14. So that's kind of scary, too. They're the science Christians. They go, man, I look at the bug and see the power of God. I look at the leaf and see the hand of the glorious creator there. See, those people, they, they could take something every day, make it awesome. How about our worship Christians? They come and they sing and it just moves them. I'm not that musical. So I, I kind of just wait. I just wait. Okay, great. <laughs> it took me a long time to actually sing out loud at church. I, I would just mumble to myself because I didn't know the words, didn't know the songs. Then I had a friend, his name's Paul Storrs. He said, hey, let's go to the garage and let's sing all the songs as loud as we can. And I had a lot of fun doing that, and so that helped me. Some of us, and this is what you go, well, how do you see God? Where is your every day? Where is your every day? For me, it's when I look in the Word. 
See, when I just read the Bible, I'm someone that, gosh, my heart can just awaken and feel so excited just by seeing God's wisdom and, and hearing about who he is. That gets me going. What else gets me going? And this is something that I want all of you to really experience. You know where I see the miracle and the power of God? In God's everyday people. Isn't that a cool thing? Have you lost sight of that this morning? I hope when you come to church here today, you make it an awesome time. Well, how do I do that? Get to know the people around you. Get to know the people around you, people of God, people who love God, just hearing their hearts, hearing their stories, hearing how they live and what they go through. It could really move your heart. And we had um, this week, I'm sorry, if I've been a little flaky this week, there's been a reason. You go, what's the reason? What's the excuse? I call it a reason. You know, it could come across as an excuse. We're, we're entertaining these visitors from Australia. So we have like five young people who've been staying at our house from Australia. They, they kind of have heard about what we do and how we do it, and so they want to learn. And they're very young. They're like all college-age kids, between 19 and 22. So they've been staying with us. Most of them are, 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 are women, young women. And so we've had our young disciples over in the South group spending time with them. The, the, the women and the men from the South group spending a lot of time with these young people. And you know what these women have said? They said, wow, these brothers and sisters are so serving and so loving and so caring. And they say, gosh, I would never struggle with hanging out from here on out. I'm never struggling with people from the world again because I see how God's people are and how they should be. Isn't that interesting? Now, if you ask each of us, we're like, man, these guys get on our nerves, right? You know, <laughs> you know we see each other every day, and we think, eh, it's all right, it's all right. Not that great. Sometimes we don't see the power and the love even in each other. And it takes someone outside to have that kind of faith. You see, what I want you to understand today, let's look at Romans chapter 5. We've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit is love. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6, it says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Well, why am I looking at this passage? It's because I want us to come away with this notion today that Christ's love is rare. There's nothing like it. It's precious. It's amazing. Can you see that? Can you take time out this morning? And that's literally why we come together. We're going to take the Lord's Supper in about maybe 10 minutes. But before we do that, can you marinate on this notion to see the amazing, to see the power of the universe? displayed in this one idea, the love of Christ. It's rare. It's very, very, very rare. You know, we can make sacrifices. 
A lot of times, as parents, we make sacrifices for our kids. You know, a lot of times when you're a teenager, you, you start developing your posse and you go, man, it's ride or die. These are my friends. And oh my goodness, we're going to be friends forever. And then you graduate and you hardly ever see them again. But I don't want to crush your spirit, but that's what ha- kind of happens. But when you're in high school, man, my friends are everything. And we go, yes, I want those friendships where we're going to die for each other. We're going to be there for each other. But you know, that's for your friends. You could be a Christian, you could be a not, not a Christian, you could still have that kind of love. Christ's love is rare. It's the love you have for your enemies. It's a rare kind of love. It's the kind of love that would lay down your life for those who would hurt you, who would disappoint you, who would, you know, stab you in the back. It says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's rare. And that kind of love is not easy. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5. See, I want you to make this time special. See, if you're visiting with us, you can go, what kind of church is this? You know, we're, we're not the church that kind of just sits there and goes, okay, Jesus, love me, love me, help me, save me. Because that's only a fraction of what the Bible calls us to be. When we look at the Bible, we actually go, wow, Jesus, you're amazing. I need to be like you. I want to have your heart I want to have your spirit. I want to have your character because I just believe that's the way to go. And I'm telling you, this kind of rare love is not easy to have. Because it's so easy to love those who love you. It's so easy to do that. When people are nice to you, it's so easy to be nice. But has anyone ever been rude to you? I mean, the smallest rudeness. Doesn't that bother us? When you're driving and someone honks behind you, aren't you filled with rage? I get really mad. I go, why? Why are you doing that? What's wrong with you? I start thinking, who is that person? I want to, when I'm driving and someone honks at me, I want to see what they look like. (laughs) All my angry, racist thoughts come to my mind. I'm telling you, you really? Is it an Asian? I hope it's not an Asian. Because we already get enough bad rap. What kind of person is that driving? You know, I want to see, is it a big car? Is it a rich car? Ooh, I get mad when there are rich people who honk at me. If it's a Mercedes, ooh, I'm so mad. But if it's like a Toyota that's kind of old, I go, well, it's okay, you know. But oh, if it's a nice car, you just want to go, oh, they just look down at me because I'm driving my Hyundai. I bet you that person says, my brain just goes on and on. It's so easy to love when people are nice to you. But the moment people aren't, boy, it just pulls back. God has a rare kind of love. The love that looks at us in our weaknesses and say, wow, you're still awesome. A love that even when we fail, God says, wow, you're amazing. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. It says, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions 
with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. This is the kind of love God has for us. It's the love that's willing to suffer. It's a love that's willing to suffer. To kind of go, man, this really stinks. This is really hurtful. But rather than cave into me, I'm going to obey God. That's an intense thought. See, that's why I'm saying, hey, you could make this, not, this day good for you. You could see the amazing spiritual opportunity in the right now. Did you know that? You could say, wow, I, we came late and I'm so stressed. I was so irritable. The kids are this and that. I go, guess what? This is an opportunity for you to obey God and make it great. You go, wow, you know, I, I just had payday. And the money I got doesn't look like it's going to make it for the next couple of weeks till I get paid again. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling stressed. And God says, guess what? There's an opportunity here for you to make it great. You don't understand how my spouse and I are getting along. You don't understand how my roommates and I are getting along. You don't understand what it's like at school. You don't understand what it's like at work. You know, it's very, very tough God says, there's an opportunity here for you to make it great. Just take the suffering and obey me. Have that rare kind of heart that Jesus would have, that would love despite the difficulty. You know, um, suffering can come from all sorts of places. Let me just tell you that. Suffering can come just because the situation is bad. You did nothing wrong. And that, that, that can make us bitter sometimes. You feeling a little helpless or scared this morning? I just heard we're on earthquake alert, right? We've got to watch ourselves until Tuesday. Did you do anything wrong? No, we're just on earthquake alert. You just decided to live in California. At least we don't have you know, hurricane or tornado alert. And at least we could be on alert. But she go, we didn't do it. Sometimes, you know, situations can happen and boom, we go, well, God, I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, and we want to pull our hearts back from God. Sometimes others hurt us. They literally do stuff that break our hearts. And God says, hey, this is a chance. This is your chance to be like me. This is your chance to have the heart of Jesus. This is your opportunity to make it awesome. Sometimes, and this could be the worst, we just did something bad ourselves. Why, is that, why could that be the worst? Because when you make the problem, you go through all sorts of emotions. I'm unworthy, I'm unworthy, punish me, punish me. Sometimes you're just going to, I'm going to sit in here because it's so horrible and I made it a mess, so I'm going to have to sit here and be sad. Sometimes we go, you know what, it's not all my fault. We get defensive. We want to just blame other people. Sometimes when it's our mistake, especially if it's over and over and over again, maybe we've made the same mistake over and over and over again. We go, oh, I can't be better. I can't be right. God says, this is your chance. Right now, no matter how many times you made the mistake, 
This is your chance. You can make the beginning of October into a special time. You can make it as exciting as Christmas, as refreshing as New Year's, as happy as your birthday. And so sometimes I just need you to understand, when you're thinking it's so hard, God's saying, hey, this is your chance. Because when you suffer to obey, great things can happen. It says here, in verse 9, And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Verse 9. When Jesus suffered and obeyed on the cross, God made him perfect. We are here to be just like Jesus. When you're suffering and you obey, God is perfecting you. And he says, when, when Jesus was perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for so many people. Did you know your life matters? If you can have the salvation, that perfection, it just doesn't come like that. You know how salvation comes to you? Here's this passage just, just almost shakes up the religious world all around us. Take a look at this. There's a passage. I just want you to understand this. It says, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who believe in him. Is that, is that what it says? It says, for all who what? Obey. You see, this is your chance. Your chance to be made perfect, to get salvation. But what you need to do is you need to suffer to obey. You know, it's so hard. It's so hard. God says, I have you exactly where I want you. It's so hard. But I'm going to face my sin with obedience. And I'm going to confess. And I'm going to repent. It's so hard. But I'm going to face my fears with obedience. And I'm going to be courageous. And I'm going to take a stand or take the right step. It's so hard. But I'm going to face my resentment and obey and learn how to reconcile and learn how to forgive. It's so hard, but I'm going to face my disappointments and my failures, and I'm going to persevere and keep going. It's so hard, but I'm going to face my loss. I'm going to face my loss and obey and be like Jesus and be vulnerable and authentic. And ask people to be a part of my life. See, what's great about disciples is that we can see any time of the year as special. Because we see in any time, there's the opportunity to be like Jesus. So I just want you to understand, right now is a great opportunity. I hope you make this time awesome. And, and I want you to have that mentality as we pray and take the Lord's Supper. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we're, th we're thankful for you that the love of Christ is so rare, that we understand that who we are and why we believe what we do is just such an amazing opportunity to be like Jesus. As we take the bread and as we break it in our hands, let us understand that there was such pain and difficulty to go to the cross and to be broken for our sins. But also let us understand as we drink the fruit of the vine, we understand that there's incredible forgiveness and victory that comes from the blood of Jesus, that eternal salvation, perfection awaits. 
if we go through the suffering and focus on obeying and being like Christ. Help us to participate with Jesus this morning. We pray this all in his name. Amen.